Well, praise the Lord. This is Pastor Jerry, once again, bringing you the Word of God. Again, it is always an honor, always a privilege to be able to bring the Word to you. Once again, we're going to dive right back into Ephesians chapter 6, please. On our midweeks, we've been uh, talking about the armor of God, and just every week, just coming at you, taking one piece of the armor and talking about it. So let's go ahead and read through our text, and then we'll come back up and, and start uh, doing a little review on it. Verse 10, please, of Ephesians 6 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, and against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore... Take up the whole armor of God. Obviously, he's trying to make a point here, amen? Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand or resist in the evil day. And having done all to stand, you stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always. Now, you notice here, it isn't the start of a new sentence. It's all connected here. And verse 18 again, praying always. So in other words, it just stays right with it. Praying always with all prayer and supplication. One translation says all manner of prayer and supplication. Uh, in the Spirit, being watchful or awake or vigilant to this end, um, and our party with all perseverance or persistence, that word also means, and supplication for all the saints. For and for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Now, obviously, the reason I read through this is because I want, to, I want you to see it uh, as a whole, kind of what we're trying to do through this text or through this uh, series, I mean. Uh, is trying to show you that he's showing you here that you're putting on this armor because you have a fight, and it's in the area of prayer and supplication, not only for yourself, not only for, uh, you know, just, just for you, but also for those around you. So you're praying for those, supplicating for others, and he says, like he said, even in praying for him, okay, as a leader, praise God. Uh, so he's just trying to show you, praise God, that this armor, amen, a big part of this is, is for the battle you have in the Spirit, uh, when you're going into prayer, going in and supplicating for others, praise God, amen. Now, there is a fight, as we've brought out most every week. Uh, you know, there's a, a cross to bear. There's a, uh, you know, a race to run, a fight to fight. I mean, we just, we can kind of go on and on, and this is our part as children of God. We're called not only to pray for ourselves, but to pray for others, amen, to stand our ground uh, in the Spirit, in the authority and dominion that we have as a child of God, Amen. Taking a stand against darkness. Amen. Against wickedness. Praise God. Not only on our own behalf, on our own families, but for others. Praise God. Let's go back up to verse 10 and just a quick review. All right. Verse 10 here just says, finally, brother, would be strong in the Lord. In other words, be empowered in the Lord and in the power of his mind. Of course, as we talked about, in the Lord, it's talking about in a sense of submission unto his lordship, okay? So in other words, uh, I'm going to be strong in the Lord, in other words, in his, in his leadings, in his biddings, his promptings, amen. In fact, uh, James 4 and, and 7 brings out submit to God, 
resist the devil, and he'll flee from you, praise God. Now, we all know we're called to resist, but it's really amazing how God says this first, submit to God, okay? Submit first to his leadership, his lordship, I should say, his leadership, how he, you know, he's going to direct you and guide you how to do this. Otherwise, it becomes sometimes a lot of work for nothing. Sometimes we, uh, you know, we're trying to bind something we should be loosing or loosing something we should be binding or we can kind of go on and on here. But the bottom line is if we let God lead, amen, you're more apt to get something done in the spirit in the area of our resistance, praise God. Then it says not only in uh, the strong, be strong in the Lord, but also in the power of his might, his ability, his strength. Amen, not only in him leading us, but in him also empowering us to do what we have to do, praise God. In fact, the book of Acts, praise God, in, in chapter 17, uh, in verse 28, it says, it's in him that we live and move and have our being. It's in him that we live. In other words, we have life, vibrancy in him. In him we move. It just, just means we're motivated to move forward. In him we live and move and have our being. In other words, have our existence, know who we are, know what we're called to, know what we're capable of, praise God. All of this, amen, is kind of fit into this verse here, praise God. So be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, praise God. Put on the whole armor of God, verse 11, that you may be able to stand against the wiles, the scheming, the plotting of the enemy. And as we've brought out pretty much every week talking about the fact that it's those devices, it's where it says not to be ignorant of Satan's devices, all right? So he's always trying to uh, come at us with thoughts and, and head games and head trips, uh, trying to somehow bring thoughts that, that cause you to quit and give up. And this is what he does, all right? So the word says uh, that we have a fight here, okay? Put on the whole armor that you can stand against those wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. And as we focused on several weeks ago, uh, our fight's not with each other. Our fight's not even with ourselves, okay? Our fight is with the enemy. And that's why he goes on to say, uh, principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this age, and spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Now, the reason Paul mentions it like that is because he's talking about different levels of demonic um, influences, I could say, demonic activity that goes on, okay, at different levels, different, uh, you know, different ways that the enemy comes at, at man, uh, trying to manipulate, uh, trying to deceive, trying to take advantage of people, uh, just different ways. Now, the bottom line, even though it talks about different levels of demonic activity or different levels of demonic influence, understand that it doesn't matter what level uh, you know, the, the influence is coming from. Understand it's all subject to the name of Jesus. It's all subject, amen, to the word of God. It's all subject to the promises of God. It's all subject to the spirit of God. It's all subject even to the authority and the dominion of a man of God or woman of God who knows who they are, praise God, and understand that. So he tells you these things not because you got to be fearful of it, but just to understand Take your fight to where you have to take it. Amen. Don't, don't war against man. Don't war against yourself. Stop warring against your neighbor. Amen. Take the fight to the enemy. All right. Take your authority and dominion to the enemy and stand your ground. Praise God. Verse 13 says, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to resist or withstand in the evil day. And it just literally means the day of pressure. In other words, when the pressure's on, Take your stand. Don't back up. Don't quit. Make sure you got your armor intact and go do business, praise God. Go to battle. Amen. Take care of what you have to take care of, praise God. And it says, having done all to stand, you stand therefore. And then it begins to start 
uh, mentioning the armor. I mean, gird your waist with truth. Of course, talking about the belt of truth. And as we brought out, uh, this is talking about being real or being true, okay? Being sincere, all right? Uh, it's talking about free from pretense, free from facade, pretending, uh, hypocrisy, okay? And that's why, uh, you know, the, the, the word is so clear about, you know, don't give in to hypocrisy. Don't give in to facade. Uh, amen. Stay real before God. Stay real uh, with yourself. Amen. And at times, you have to be real with others. Praise God. Okay. Uh, and again, as we've brought up many times, don't, we're not asking everybody to go tell all your secrets to everybody. All we're saying is this. Okay. You have to be real. See, if you're not real, if it doesn't start off with you being real, you go into prayer and you're already uh, behind the eight ball, so to speak, because you're, you're playing now the enemy's game with his tactics. See, he's a liar. He's a deceiver. He's a manipulator, all right? He's the one that, that has, uh, you know, hidden agenda and all that kind of stuff, all right? Uh, that's not how we play this, uh, how we do this, amen? We, w- we walk before God as who we are, amen? Not ashamed, not afraid, praise God. We stand our ground, amen? And uh, we don't have any game. We're not playing games. We're here to get, uh, to, to be real, amen? To be sincere, praise God, amen? And get things done, hallelujah. And then it talks about, the breastplate of righteousness, okay? Hallelujah. So the breastplate, of course, talking about righteousness, the word also means uh, justification, justification, pardon me, uh, rightness, righteousness, right standing, okay? It's all kind of the same word. Talking about a place of right standing with God. If you put that breastplate on, then even if the enemy's coming at you with some form of condemnation, guilt, shame, uh, inferiority, whatever, just trying to play some head game with you, understand if you put on that breastplate and who you are in Christ, knowing that you are in right standing based on what Christ has done, not based on uh, you know, anything you've done per se, it's based on what he's done, amen. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. And again, I'm going to remind you of this. I've said it. I think I might have focused a little bit more on it last week. Remember, it's the armor of God. Amen. Put on his armor. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. And that's especially clear when it comes time uh, to the breastplate because it talks about put on his righteousness. Amen. Take on his righteousness. Amen. It's to all and on all who believe, praise God, his righteousness. Amen. So, you know, put on the righteousness. Last week we talked about, you know, to shod your uh, uh, feet with uh, the, uh, what's it say here, preparation of the gospel of peace. Amen. Of course, we kind of Took in, uh, dove into that, dissecting that thing, uh, took that verse apart a little bit. But the bottom line, talking about the shoes of peace, and what it refers to is the good news, the gospel, of course, of peace, which is, uh, means wholeness or completeness. It means bringing everything into divine order. It means the removal of chaos or to drive back chaos uh, or eliminate chaos, all right? And, of course, we took a little time with that, and that's really what it's about. Understand that when you go into prayer, amen, that uh, part of what you're doing, amen, is, is moving forward, taking ground, putting your foot on the neck of the enemy, praise God, and standing your ground, amen, making sure, praise God, you're bringing wholeness, bringing completeness, bringing order, praise God, is what you're doing in the spirit, amen, and you're pushing back or eliminating chaos in whatever situation we're dealing with, okay. So a lot said there, kind of pushed together real tight here, but today we're going to talk about the verse 16. It says, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of 
the wicked one. Praise God. All right, so let's take a look at this now. All right, verse 16. Hallelujah. Taking the shield of faith. I love this. Above all, taking the shield of faith. All right. Well, let's look at that. All right. The shield of faith. When you look up the word shield, of course, that's exactly what it means. A shield or some uh, form. It literally means, uh, uh, you know, uh, a, a shield basically like the size of a door almost. It's, a, it's talking about a pretty large shield. When you kind of look at it and define it out, it's something that's pretty, pretty large. Okay. Um, and a lot, if you kind of look back at uh, the armament of a Roman soldier, uh, part of their shield uh, was, was, they were pretty good sized shields. And the idea of those shields was uh, not only was it to protect themselves, but there were times when they can literally kind of almost latch those things together, uh, one with, with, a, with one on one side, one on another, and they can make themselves a wall, a barrier uh, that the enemy couldn't, you know, had a hard time penetrating. And so there were just certain ways that they used that, uh, that shield. And so that's why when you kind of look at it, it, it makes for a pretty good piece of armament, all right? All right, a shield of faith. Now, the word faith in itself, let's go ahead and define it. You just, again, the Greek word pistis, which means a belief in, to believe in, or persuaded, uh, convinced. Uh, it means assured of, uh, reliance upon, confidence in, to trust in, a lot of synonyms there. But when you start looking at it, what it's talking about is that every time the enemy comes at you, and it says here with fiery darts, okay, when this is coming at you, you lift up that shield of faith. You lift up uh, that shield of confidence, reliance, dependence, amen. You lift up that, that belief in God, that trust in God. You lift that up, amen. No, no matter what's coming against you, amen, I will trust in God. I will have faith in God. I will believe on God. I will have uh, confidence in God. I mean, this is what it's about, all right? Lift up the shield of faith, amen. And it says that it will quench it will be able to quench or to extinguish all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Of course, it makes it clear who it's coming from, the wicked one. Well, fiery darts. Okay, so what is that referring to? All right, well, uh, the word fiery in itself means ignited. It means inflamed. Okay, it's talking about something that's intensified or magnified. Now, hang on to this because this will make more sense as we get into this. It also means refined. Okay, something that's calculated um, deliberated or uh, strategic. Okay, so in other words, these fiery darts is something that's coming at you. Okay, it's pretty strategic. Okay, the word dart in itself, pretty simple, just means anything from missiles, arrows, spears, anything that's, that's pointed, that's, that's able to penetrate, okay, the opponent or penetrate the enemy or their opponent. Okay, so in other words, it would be the coming for you. In other words, the enemy's coming for you uh, to penetrate you with one of these fiery darts or spears or missiles, arrows, however you want to word it. Bottom line is, okay, it's, it's really talking about the devices of the enemy, part of his game plan, okay, the devices, the wiles, the scheming. Part of that is, is these thoughts that come at you, all right? It's the, it's the head games, okay, uh, the mind trips, okay, that he, that he tries to play on us, okay, Again, it's, it's really how he works, okay? So here he comes with these, uh, these fiery missiles. Now, let's, let's think about this. Fiery missile, okay? 
It says something that's ignited or inflamed. And it's talking about in the area of, of, of something being intensified or magnified. If you stop and think about how the enemy works, that's what he does. He'll take some little thing and make it a big thing. Make sure it's something that's in your face and something that's, that seems huge, okay, or bigger than it really is, okay? All right, some kind of thought that's going to make you somehow uh, cower or, or cave because something looks bigger than it really is. All right, it's, it means something refined or calculated, deliberated or strategic. And if you stop and think about that, that's, that's how the enemy works, isn't it? Okay, he kind of he kind of knows us a little bit because for years we might have um, you know been more submitted to uh, to the enemy than we were to God. You know, we might have come into the things of God, but but you know the enemy kind of knows what makes you tick. He kind of knows how to push your buttons, so to speak, and so he's calculated how he's going to bring that against you and what kind of thoughts are going to come at you, and and all of a sudden here comes that that calculated strategic fiery, you know, magnified, uh, you know, fiery dart. Amen. That's trying to penetrate. And so here he comes. All right. But the word says, lift up a shield of faith. In fact, the scripture says in 1 John 5 and 4 that this is the victory that's overcome the world, even our faith, praise God. It's your faith. Your faith is the answer. In fact, if you look at many of uh, the miracles uh, during Jesus' ministry, many times as he ministered to somebody, he would even tell him. he says, it was because of your faith that you were made well. In other words, you reached out and believed. And because you believed, because you put trust in what was said, or you put trust in, in, in the prayer uh, of the Lord, because you had confidence, you believed in, amen. And because of that, he says, you received your healing. You received your sight. You received your breakthrough. You received your miracle. Amen. So you have to see that how important our faith really is. And the enemy wants to do everything he can to knock you off your faith, to get you to not believe in God, to get you to not have confidence or trust in God. So here he comes with some kind of fiery thought, some kind of device, some kind of, uh, you know, some kind of wile and scheme or plot to make something look bigger than it is, to somehow to get you to cower or to back up. And that's how this enemy works. But understand this, praise God, that no matter what the enemy is throwing at you, if you will lift up the shield of faith, the word says here that it, will, it is able to extinguish, okay? It is able to, my translation says, able to quench all the fiery darts. It's able to extinguish all the fiery darts that come so that no matter what kind of thoughts are coming. Now, there's all kinds of ways the enemy does it. There's different ways of looking at it. Scripture talks about doubt, talks about unbelief, talks about fear. These are all things that, that happen. And primarily, you'll find that these fiery darts are really, in a sense, are fear-based thoughts. Pretty much all the enemy throws at us, even if it's doubt and unbelief, okay, and we can kind of take the time, you know, sometime to define all that. But bottom line, when it gets right down to the bottom, it, it really is just about fear-based thoughts. It's about somehow getting you to take on fear, okay? Now, the reason I'm kind of touching on that is because I feel like today what I want to do with this, because we're talking about, you know, putting on this armament, because you're going into battle, so to speak, when you go into prayer, and you're pushing back darkness. Now, what you don't want is some kind of fear-based thought to, uh, to come that where all of a sudden now you're not 
pressing forward or resisting like you should. You're not standing your ground like you should. You're not, you know, taking authority over not only your life, but the life of others and family members and friends and people that you're praying for because maybe something, how it looks or, or what you heard or whatever. So all of a sudden the image is trying to put some kind of, some kind of fear-based thought in your head to try to get you to somehow back up on your resistance, okay? But you have to lift up that shield of faith, child of God. You've got to be willing to say, I trust in God. No matter how it looks, no matter what they've said, no matter the evil report, no matter what has happened, I will trust in God. What you're doing, you're lifting up that shield of faith, praise God, and standing your ground, letting your faith do the work. Let the shield of faith extinguish or quench whatever fiery dart the enemy's trying to throw at you. All right. So what we'll do here uh, for part of this time here, we're going to talk about this thing called fear. Amen. And uh, what we're going to do, we're going to go to Hebrews chapter 2. We'll start there with this. Hebrews chapter 2. Now let me put a few statements at you here concerning fear. Now the word fear itself is defined um, anxiety, worry, dread, panic, terror apprehension, insecurity. These are all uh, types or synonyms of fear. The word Greek word actually is phobos, where we get our word phobia, okay, uh, phobos. And you understand that's the enemy's tactic, okay, one of his main tactics, okay. Uh, fear, uh, the reason he uses fear is because fear causes nervous reactions uh, in people, okay. When fear's, on, uh, when fear's somehow dominating or fears on the, on the scene, so to speak, and we're yielding to fear, it causes within uh, people a nervous reaction in the area of decision-making. That's where you get a lot of anxiety and all that kind of stuff. You've got decisions to make, but now fear is causing you uh, to waver, to, uh, to have nervous reactions. Fear also causes hesitation uh, when uh, movement is required. Okay, this is where, like, doubt, a lot of times that, that, you'll see that mixed with that. Uh, instead of, instead of uh, moving forward, we're stopping, we're, we're wavering, we've we got hesitation there. It also causes impulsiveness when there should be some inactivity, okay? In other words, just the opposite, okay? Sometimes there, there's no need to, to do anything, just be still, right? But fear will cause you sometimes to be impulsive, and that's where we get a lot of times haste. Uh, people get hasty with things, okay? And as a result of it, they take, make a wrong decision, a wrong turn, a wrong step because they got too hasty, all right? But fear creates that, okay? That's why fear has to be eliminated, all right? Fear will also cause somebody to quit in the midst of their battle. And that's kind of what why we're looking at this in this text is because that's what it does. Fear will cause you to quit in your fight. It'll somehow get you to somehow drop your sword, uh, to drop your head, uh, to, to, to fall back or fall down or just give up, you know, uh, instead of moving forward and pressing forward. And that's what the enemy's hoping. The enemy's hoping that it'll create enough uh, panic in you uh, or enough hesitation uh, that he can get you to stop in your resistance, all right? But if you will lift up your shield of faith, praise God, hallelujah, it will quench and extinguish Every fiery dart the enemy tries to throw at you, praise God. So fear, all right, let's look at it. Hebrews 2 and verse 14 and verse 15, it says this, Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, 
that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is, the devil. Now, you notice, okay, it said that he had the power. He no longer has the power of death, all right? So, uh, you know, the enemy can't, he can't force anything on you, all right? So just make sure you read that right there, okay? He had the power of death, okay? And it makes it clear who we're talking about, the enemy here. And it says, and release those, verse 15, and release those who through fear of death, okay, were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Now, what I'm going to do here for the next few minutes is talk about some different types of fear that the enemy uses. The first one, uh, probably your, the granddaddy of them all, is the fear of death, okay? The fear of death, all right? And uh, you as a child of God have no business fearing death. All right, 2 Corinthians brings out in chapter 5, amen, that we are confident, amen, of this. And he, he goes on to say that uh, to be absent from the body means to be present with the Lord. In other words, uh, you know, we don't have to fear anything, amen, because, amen, we, if, if we were to leave this body, we're automatically going to be in his presence, amen. So we don't have to fear death, all right, child of God. We don't have to fear death, all right. Now I ain't saying go out there looking for it. But I'm saying you don't have to fear it, all right? Scripture also says in, in uh, uh, Mark 4, uh, talking to uh, the uh, disciples, remember when they were in the boat, and he said, why are you so fearful? He said, where's your faith? Where, wh where's the faith? Where'd the faith go? He said, why are you so fearful? Now, the reason that he addressed them, because they were afraid they were going to die. They were out in the middle of a boat. The storm's brewing. Uh, the waves are beating on the boat. Some of the waves are coming in. You know, water's coming in the boat. They're panicking. They're fearful. And he says, listen, why are you so fearful? All right? You have to understand that's a spirit, okay? And he's trying, trying to get them to deal with, don't, don't, don't yield to the fear of death, all right? And you have, to, you have to, just like in that text, it shows you that it comes against your faith. In fact, if you kind of look at fear and faith, they two definite opposing forces, okay? In fact, fear can almost be looked at as a faith in evil, okay? A faith in uh, destruction, a faith in the enemy's doings or dealings, okay? Faith in God versus faith in what the enemy uh, is trying to do or doing, okay? That's what fear is, okay, when you break it down. Okay, so here it says the fear of death. But get this in this verse 15. It says they were, um, and were all, all their lifetime subject to bondage. So when fear is present, it says that you're going to be subject to bondage. Now, I want you to hear this because when you're talking about fear, you've got to understand the importance of getting fear out. You can't, you can't play around with fear. Uh, you can't manage fear. Some people talk about, well, you've got to learn to manage your fear. Well, how do you manage bondage? Okay, you know, you get rid of bondage. Okay, you get rid of fear. You don't play patty cake with it. You don't try to manage it, you know, try to manhandle it or try to somehow suppress it or all that. You've got to get rid of it. Okay, you got to get rid of it. In fact, um, uh, the word subject to bondage means liable to slavery. It means to be a slave unto or to be in the service of, okay, in this case it would be of fear, uh, to give the lead to. In other words, you're allowing fear to dictate and lead. So anytime you let fear in, if somehow you tolerate fear, okay, it contaminates your faith. And I'm telling you, if you tolerate fear, it contaminates your faith, okay? So when you tolerate fear, all you're doing is tolerating now bondage or slavery. 
In other words, now fear is controlling. Fear is dictating. You may think you're suppressing it. You may think you're managing it, but it's in control. Okay, that's why you got to drive it out. That's why you lift up that shield of faith, child of God. Do not give the devil place. Do not allow an ounce of fear in your life. Amen. You have no reason to fear. Amen. No reason to give in to this bondage. You're delivered from that, praise God. And the greater one dwells on the inside of you, child of God. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's look at now Romans 8. Let's look at another one here. Romans 8. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. I always tell you how much I love Romans 8. Hallelujah. Verse 14, please. All right. It says, For as many, 8.14 of Romans, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God. So he's talking about being influenced or led or directed by the Spirit of God. These are the sons of God, which is the word weos, which means mature ones. So your maturity is going to be based on how much you're going to be led by God. Okay. That's just a little nugget there. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. There's that bondage and fear thing again, all right? But you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. For the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Of course, it goes on talking about you're an heir of God and a joint heir with Christ. Now, the bottom line, what he's talking about here is being led by God, amen, to not be so fearful about making mistakes is really what he's talking about in context. In fact, what you would call this probably is a fear of failure. You've probably heard that uh, phrase before. And a lot of people have apprehension, okay, because they're always afraid to make mistakes, always afraid to step forward, okay? He's talking about here, amen, that you, you're, part of a, you're part of the family of God now. you got the Spirit of God now to lead you. And if you will let him lead you, praise God, you don't have to be so fearful about making mistakes all the time. Amen. Let God lead you, praise God. Don't allow the fear of failure to slide in, okay? The fear of making some kind of mistake, okay? Now, we're not saying that there won't be times you may still slip or make a mistake or something, but see, if you're going to constantly be fearful of it, you're never going to move forward. It, you'll never take steps forward if you allow the fear of failure to control and dominate. And again, it calls it bondage, okay? It, it's a form of slavery to dictate to you. Now, the scripture says this in uh, Philippians 1. It says, uh, he who has begun a good work and you will complete it. In fact, it says we can be confident that he who's begun a good work will complete it. So you don't have to be fearful, amen? Just put your faith in God. Lift up that shield of faith. Amen. Have confidence in God. Put trust in God here that God's got your back. Praise God. Amen. And the scripture even says in Philippians 4, amen, it says that I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me, praise God, or who strengthens me. Amen. So you think about that, all right? God has got your back. You don't have to be fearful of anything, child of God. Amen. Just hear from heaven, take the time, hear from heaven, and take your step, praise God. Now you think about all of this in the area of coming into prayer. And think about all that's going on, how the enemy's trying to hit you with those fiery darts, okay? Those fear-based thoughts, okay? He's just trying to get you to quit. And here it is, you know, you're, you're, you know, you think about how much of our prayer time can get so consumed with just being, you know, more fearful than we are faith-based, okay? We're more fear-based, all right? So he's trying to tell you here, Take a stand. Lift up that shield of faith. Don't let those fear thoughts in. Don't, don't let the panic come in. Don't let any of that kind of stuff come in. 
Don't let, don't get fearful about, you know, about your life. The word says you don't have to worry about that. <clears throat> In fact, scripture even brings out that we overcome the enemy by the blood of the lamb, the word of our testimony, and loving not our lives even unto death. In other words, we don't have to worry about ourselves. Don't, don't let the fear of death control you, and don't let the fear of failure control you. Amen. Child of God, just be, you know, settle down. Amen. Hear from heaven and take your step, praise God. Move forward in the things of God. Hallelujah. The scripture, actually, not necessarily the scriptures, but, well, I guess I could say it that way. In Judges, uh, it talks about Gideon. And remember, that was one of the things that happened in Gideon's life. Gideon was, was basically uh, limited or frozen, okay, in a sense. He, he couldn't move forward. He was, he was controlled and, and kind of locked into doing nothing because of fear. He was so concerned about, you know, not having and so concerned about being able to do it right. And uh, even when the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, you're a mighty man of valor and you can do this and this is what you're called to do. He started looking at himself thinking, how can I do this? How can I save uh, my people? How can I save Israel? You know, he's, he's just what it is. He's afraid to make mistake. It's just a fear of failure. All right. And understand uh, that. Uh, anytime fear dominates, it keeps you in your current condition. You never move forward. In fact, you never live beyond your most predominant thoughts. Just another statement there. You never live beyond your most predominant thoughts. So if your most predominant thoughts are always fear-based thoughts, fear dictates. Fear controls. And you go nowhere. You, that's where you're locked in. That's, you stay in your current condition and you just stay there when fear is dictating. All right? Let's look at another one, 2 Timothy. <clears throat> Hope you're hearing this, child of God. 2 Timothy, verse, uh, chapter 1, pardon me. 2 Timothy, chapter 1, and verse 3, it says, I thank God whom I serve with a, uh, with a pure conscience, as my forefathers did, as without ceasing I remember you in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy. Verse 5, when I, when I call to remembrance the genuine faith, that is in you, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, I am persuaded it is in you also. And that was what Paul's saying. Listen, uh, Timothy, I know uh, you got it in you. Boy, you can do this. Now, let's just uh, maybe real quick just do a little, uh, you know, give a little understanding of what's going on here. Timothy is the pastor of probably at the time the largest church of that era, okay? He, he's pastoring there in Ephesus. He's got a massive church. There's a major move of God going on. Uh, people are coming in by the groves. Well, a lot of the leadership there, okay, uh, didn't like to, you know, didn't like to see what was going on. This church, you know, over here, uh, you know, down the streets, growing, man, it's getting huge, and uh, we're, you know, they're a little bit concerned, and uh, they're, you know, they're uh, thinking maybe, you know, that uh, this 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 church is going to overtake the community, overtake the region, and all this kind of stuff. So what they started to do is they started putting pressure on Timothy and putting pressure on his leadership there. In fact, some of them even lost their lives based on this. And because of all of this, it opened the door for, for fear, okay? Here comes, here comes fear now, okay? The, and really what I would say, maybe the fear of the unknown, because what's ahead now? Now, now 
Timothy doesn't know what's going to happen tomorrow because, you know, today he, he lost another leader and, or somebody left because of panic uh, trying to save their family or whatever it is instead of just pressing forward and staying together. All of a sudden, uh, the bottom feels like it's dropping out. So, so Timothy is all concerned about what's going to happen. What's going to happen to this ministry? What's going to happen to the church? What's going to happen to me? What's going to happen to my family? All that kind of stuff is all fear-based thoughts. And it's fear about the unknown, what's going to happen, right? He goes on in verse 6, says, Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift uh, that's in you through the laying on of my hands. In other words, Timothy, don't, don't waver at the fact about whether you call or, or you can do this. Remember, I mean, we prayed over you. Uh, we know you got the goods, son. You can do this, praise God. And so then it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Amen. And many of us know that verse, but that's in context of what's going on here. And again, he calls it a spirit of fear. But he says, I've given you power, love, and a sound mind. you got everything you need to overcome this, to beat this, praise God. Now, normally I'd probably define that whole verse out there. But the bottom line, it's a fear of the unknown. What's going to happen tomorrow? What's going to happen to us? What's going to happen to our family? You think about how much stuff's going on even right now in our own nation. A lot of, lot of fear, a lot of panic about this. What's going to happen tomorrow? What's going to happen in the year? What's going to go on? What, what's going to really go down here? Is this, gonna be, is this thing going to stop? Is this going to keep on going? On and on and on. A lot of, lot of fear-based thoughts that come uh, and a lot of fear of, of the unknown. The scripture says in Hebrews 10 that do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. <clears throat> so in other words, don't, don't, don't cast off your confidence. Stay, stay confident in God. Lift up that shield of faith. Quench that fiery dart. Don't, don't give it place, praise God. You got a God that has your back, a God that's with you, a God that won't leave you nor forsake you, praise God. In fact, Joshua 1, this is what he said to Joshua, do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go, praise God. He ain't going to leave you nor forsake you, praise God. Hallelujah. You don't have to be fearful of anything, and that's exactly what was going on with Joshua. He was letting it be known, okay? This is what I want you to do, but the thought hits your head, okay? Okay, what's going to happen tomorrow? Are these people going to be with me? Are, is, it, is it going to be like it was before? Or is this thing really going to happen? Whatever, all them kind of thoughts try to hit you. Well, you've got to lift up that shield of faith. You've got to drive back fear. You can't let fear in. You can't, you can't become fearful of anything, praise God. It isn't worth it. It's not worth letting that in, all right? Hallelujah. So you've got to lift up that shield of faith, praise God. Hallelujah. Fear gives birth to confusion. Another statement for you there. Fear gives birth to confusion, okay? Now, anytime confusion's in the mix, understand that it starts making the wrong decisions here. All of a sudden now, because of that now, as I said earlier, in fact, what did, how did I word that? Nervous reactions. A lot of times, see, it creates confusion. Now, all of a sudden, nervous reactions. Next thing you know, your decision-making gets way off, all right? So when we're talking about moving forward, you can't let fear in, the fear of the unknown, all right, just like the fear of failure or the fear of death, you can't let these things in because it starts messing up with your decision-making. And next thing you know, you're making decisions based on fear. Remember, see, you come into bondage. You come into slavery. So all of a sudden now fear is dictating. Fear is trying to make you make your decisions based on it instead of what God is leading or what God is saying. Oh, child of God, I hope you're hearing this. Praise God. Amen. 
anytime uh, fear gets on, uh, you know, starts coming in, you have to understand that it will always somehow limit you. And somehow or another, too, somehow it, it causes you uh, to, to slide behind walls of containment. When all along, there's nothing impossible in God. When all along, nothing's too hard for God. But yet somehow when fear's in the mix, somehow it gets you to kind of slide in behind walls of containment, and now all of a sudden you're limited, all right? Instead of able to do what you're called to do and be what you're called to be. Child of God, I hope you're hearing this, praise God. Let's look at one more here, okay, out of the book of Proverbs, please. Proverbs 29. <clears throat> oh, hallelujah. Proverbs 29. And verse 25, and it just says this, that the fear of man brings a snare, and whoever trusts in the Lord will be safe or secure, praise God. So obviously it's better to trust in God, right? In fact, the scripture says in Psalms 118, amen, it's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in men, amen? Hallelujah, it's better to put your trust in God. And to put confidence in things. And, and it even goes on even talking about, you know, governments and things. It's just better to put trust in God. Amen. We don't need to fear man. Amen. We don't need to put our confidence in man. It doesn't mean that you, you know, you, uh, you know, become dishonorable to men. It just means I don't, I don't put my faith in man. I put my faith in God. Amen. And that's what it's called to do. And he says the fear of man brings a snare. It's just another fear. All right. And it's talking about insecurity. Okay. A lot of people fight insecurity. All insecurity is is another fear, okay? And that insecurity will lock you down again and limit you when all along you're called to move forward or step forward, and you won't do it because you're too afraid of what everybody thinks or how everybody, you know, views you or what people say about you, all right? It's just another fear. But remember, it's a tactic of the enemy. It's a fiery dart of the enemy. So you've got to lift up your shield of faith, child of God, and, and overcome that. Uh, the book of Hebrews, verse 6, says this, that the Lord is my helper, helper, I will not fear, for what can man do to me? Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Care more about what God thinks than what men think. All right? And again, I ain't asking you to go out there and be dishonorable to people, uh, you know, especially when you got you know, leaders in your life and stuff. I'm not asking you to be dishonorable, but at the same time, I am asking you to always remember that your, your faith needs to be in God. Okay, you put your trust in God, your confidence in God. You lift up that shield of faith and say, I, I'm going to believe God. I'm going to trust God. Amen. I don't put my faith and confidence in men. The, the book of Jeremiah in chapter one, uh, the Lord is addressing Jeremiah and he says, hey, don't be afraid of their faces. For I am there with you to deliver you. In other words, he's trying to tell them, listen, don't be moved. You're, you're called to say something what I tell you to say. And if you're going to be so caught up in how they're looking at you, you ain't going to say it. You're not going to do what you're called to do, all right? Don't be fearful of that. It's just another uh, fear of man. In, in 1 Samuel 15, we see the example where Saul is addressing the prophet after he, he basically blew it, okay? And he said this, I have sinned because I feared the people and I obeyed their voices instead of the voices of God or the voice of God. And so what that was, again, another fear of man. And, and King Saul all right, lost his kingship because of that. He was more aware of what men were thinking than what God was thinking, okay? Lift up the shield of faith, child of God. John 12, another one here, another good example, okay, talking about the Pharisees. And it said, they love the praise of men more than the praise of God. 
Okay, it's just another way to say, okay, they caught, caught up in the fear of man. They were more concerned about what man thought. Are you hearing me, child of God? Insecurity opens the door for intimidation, and it spurs self-protection. Okay, let me say that again. Insecurity opens the door for intimidation and spurs self-protection. All right, insecurity keeps you more self-conscious than God-conscious. Anytime you let that fear in, okay, the fear of man, insecurity, okay, you become more conscious of yourself than you are of God. And that's dangerous, okay? And again, it's a bondage, okay? Lift up the shield of faith. Now, uh, before I let you go here, I want to just real quick give you some what I call faith's partners, okay? Things that will help you in the area of lifting up that shield, okay? Let me just bring them real quick to you, okay? Just got five things I want to just touch on. One is patience, okay? The scripture says in Hebrews 6, okay, verse 12, says, through faith and patience you inherit the promises. And what that means is consistency or constancy, okay? Just real quick, just showing, you got to stay consistent with this, okay? In order to lift that shield of faith, you got to stay consistent with this, okay? You can't lift it one day and then drop it the next day and think you're going to get good results. It won't happen, okay? Lift up the shield of faith, quench all those fiery darts, and if another one comes again, don't be moved by it. Just lift that shield up again, keep doing it, amen, and back your enemy up, all right? So patience is one. Uh, the other one is your mouth, okay? In fact, uh, uh, 1 Timothy in chapter uh, 6 and verse 12, it says, fight the good fight of faith. And it goes on to say, confessing a good confession in the presence of many witnesses. And it's talking about get your mouth talking faith talk, not fear talk. You know, the fear-based thoughts come, and pretty soon if you don't watch it, you're talking it, all right? But you got to lift up that shield of faith. Get your mouth working for you. Amen. I know a lot said in just a short time here, but not only does consistency or patience work, but also your mouth. You got to get your mouth working for you, child of God. Amen. A lot said there, just real brief. Uh, the other thing is works. The word says this in James chapter 2, multiple, multiple places there in James, uh, but verse 17 is a good key verse there, and it just says without, without, uh, faith without works is dead. And what it means is without some kind of corresponding action. So you got to have some corresponding action. It's a good way to tell whether you're keeping that shield up or not, all right, is check your corresponding action. Is your actions, okay, are they in line with what you're saying you're believing? If you're saying, I'm believing this, this is your faith, you put your shield up, and your actions are following suit, then great. But if they're not, if you're, if you're saying you're believing God, and then you can see in your actions you're just fear, fearful, okay, you got panic going on, Okay, understand, you got to make adjustments there. You can't let yourself, okay, react, amen, in, in ways, have corresponding actions in, that go against what you say you're believing. Okay, so it's just another thing to check on. Another thing, okay, so there's patience, your mouth, your works. How about hope, okay, your expectation, your anticipation. Hebrews 11.1 1 brings it out real clear, amen, that faith is the substance of things hoped for. In fact, in the Greek, it brings out your faith gives substance, causes substance, amen. It says gives substance, amen, to what you hope for or expect. So you got to check your expectation. What are you expecting? Heard somebody say one time, well, I'm believing the best, but I'm expecting the worst. Well, what a, you know, the, the two opposing forces here, okay? You say you're believing something. Okay, but if you're expecting the worst, then guess what? Your faith's going to give substance to what you're expecting. Okay, so you got to check that. 
Okay, make sure your expectation is going in line with what you're believing. All right, just some, just some help here, okay? The last one out of Galatians 5, verse 6, it talks about faith working through love, okay? Now, it's not necessarily talking about your love walk per se, although there's nothing wrong with that, and a lot of teaching out about that, that's fine. But really, primarily, it's talking about believing in the love he has for you is what it's referring to. In fact, if you go to 1 John chapter 5, you know, like verse 17 and 18 in there, he brings out real clear, okay, that you got to believe in the love that he has for you. It says then that perfect love or that complete love, in other words, truly, completely believing in that love, it says it'll cast out fear. In other words, you believing in the love that God has for you will drive out fear in a heartbeat. You ain't going to be fearful when you know God has your back, praise God. So another thing, another key, praise God. Again, let me give them to you. Patience, your mouth, your works, amen, or corresponding action, your hope or expectation, and uh, believing in the love that God has for you, praise God. These are things that will help you lift up and keep up that shield of faith. Child of God, I hope you got something today. Father, I give you praise and glory. Thank you for a people of God that had an ear to hear today and a heart to receive and for opening the eyes of our understanding. For that, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Child of God, I call you blessed. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash WOVictory or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.